Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein. Today's show, we are continuing in our series on how to survive through adversity. Dr. Bernstein, Peter, as he likes to be called, is a coach and mentor with 48 years of experience helping people survive and grow through trauma, struggles, and hard times, the stuff of real life. The goal of our series is to help you discover what we've experienced, that adversity is more than a trial to endure. It can be an exciting opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. Welcome back, Peter. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, and I'm not supposed to announce the guest, right? Is that the protocol here? I didn't know we had one, but... Oh, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, Go that's ahead. Right. I'm the boss. Right? You're no, the don't boss. Say, no, don't say that. No. Oh, okay. This I'm, is, this I'm is, the boss. No, Jenny is the boss. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm glad to be here today. We've talked in the past um, about having guests, and I've had enough. In my, I've had a number of them in mind for a long time. Um, people that, in my mind, are outstanding not because of their degrees or their education necessarily, but because of the life they live and because of what they've been through and their journey and what they, how they've come out. And that's what we talk about, how to be uh, victorious and resilient through adversity and difficulty. It's a theme of my life. It's a theme of your life. It's a theme of most of the people I surround myself with. I hate to say this, but the other people that have not made it or... Um, don't see it that way or get pretty, pretty negative. I don't really want to be part of that um, for good reason. Number one, it takes a lot of energy out of me to follow them. But I like to be with people that there's a reciprocation. And the people that I surround myself with have been through an awful lot in their lives. But the beauty of it, and, that's, and there's a variety of backgrounds, is how they've come out and what they've done with their lives. And that, to me, is so precious. Um, so, anyway, today we do have our first guest. We do, and I'd like to take a moment. Last episode, and actually I think it's the last two, we've been talking about a paper that we've written, that you wrote 10 years ago, mm. on the experience of crisis and coming through it. Mm -hmm. There's a paragraph in this paper that I'm going to read right now, and it says, Crisis does not have to cripple us. We have choices about how to respond. I've known many people who've lost their normal physical abilities due to disease or accidents. Some wallow in self-pity and despair and a victim's kind of mentality, while others, in spite of their crushing disability, develop a positive attitude and find a way to make life work for them. They find a way to cope and live as normal a life as they can, not feeling sorry for themselves and rising above their disability. They're inspiring, amazing people. And today, in the studio with us, we have one of those people. Mm -hmm. They're and actually beyond normal. Yes, extraordinary. Extraordinary Extraordinary people. people. Yeah, they are. Um, and our guest has given me an introduction, and I will go ahead and do that now. Uh, so we have with us today Mimi Amaral. Mm -hmm. And Mimi is a local Bay Area resident who aspires to encourage humans to speak their truth and embrace their authentic self. She's also written two books to help bring awareness to subjects that have been pushed into the shadow. Both books have captured the interest of Kat Kramer, who owns Kat Kramer's films that change the world. 
The first book is Bright Lights, Dark Shadows, which uh, covers the shadow side of celebrity and fame. And the second book is Emasculated, uh, Men Are Abused Too. Welcome, Mimi. It is wonderful to have you here with us. Thank you so much. Um, I'm extremely humbled and grateful for even being here. And thank you, Peter. It's, uh, it's an honor to sit next to you and work with you and on helping oh. others, um, you know, empower others. That's so sweet. Well, you're one of the special people we know oh, and thank that I've you. known for a long time. And actually, it was really great. I have people all over the country and all over the world, but there are so many outstanding people locally in our gym. Now, Mimi goes to the gym, and she dances when she listens to her music. <laughs> I, I do. When I first saw her, I thought she was about 18. She's not. But she's got, she moves, like, much younger than she is, and she likes, and she, she works out hard for her little lady. And she looks good. She takes really good care of herself. She looks great. Thank you. And she's a great presence. Anyway, uh, I'm great. I'm really glad to have her here today because she really fits the the parameters of what we've been talking about. And, and you and I went over some of those before the show today, and we go over them regularly because we help a lot of people. And what was really beautiful about it, we've heard the raw material of, of Mimi's life, which you're going to hear soon, but it really follows so much of what we talk about about how to go through these difficulties. And what comes out of it, what can come out of it, um, that's what we really look to. Not to judge people going through difficulties, hopefully stopping them from judging themselves, but it's the outcome that we really look at and um, mm -hmm. the journey. And that's what means so much. And uh, Mimi's a very impressive person that way. Uh, she is humble. Um, she's very sweet. But she's strong. She's little, but she's strong, believe me. Yes. Um, and she's going to tell us today, uh, we're going to hear a little bit about her experience, her life experience, which is quite dramatic. Uh, she, they could make a movie out of it. In fact, I've seen movies that aren't as good as her story. Uh, I've seen you. others that are similar. So she's going to fill us in a little bit. She's got no cards. Trust me, she doesn't need them. No. She's into this. She knows it cold. It was her life. But um, I want to kind of turn it over to her a little bit, but we're going to kind of interact with her. We're not going to just sit here and be like an interview show and just ask questions to lead her, but we're going to interact with her. And there's a reason for that, because as she talks, I want to bring out some of the points that we've been talking about, um, that really we want, the, we want our audience, particularly those people in need that are really uh, looking for some guidance, direction, support, lovingly, but with some wisdom. Uh, I want to be able to bring that into what Mimi's talking about and um, see where we go from there. This is new. It's an experiment, but I think it's going to be a very good one, a successful experiment. So let's get started. Um, yeah. One of the goals that I'll just put this in, that one of the goals that you had for today's uh, episode is to make sure that the people listening today uh, will be have a chance to, to grasp your experience mm -hmm. in a way that helps them now. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. All right. That's what we want to do. We want because you can you can and are inspiring. Oh, thank you so much. And so we want to make sure that that what the audience hears connects. OK, sounds wonderful. And the one thing I would like to also just kind of start off with is that um, my journey may be different than someone else's mm -hmm. um, and the way I experienced or my subjective um, experience and what I've taken from it for the first 20 years of my life 
may sound um, a little bit more simple because I didn't know anything different um, because I was born ill. I was born with medical conditions that um, I developed further knowledge about along the way. So when you don't know anything more than what you have, like let's say you were born blind or you were born with um, some kind of ailment um, and you don't know anything different, then it doesn't seem like life is, you don't have nothing to compare it to Mm -hmm. until you become healthier and realize that, oh, I I was really sick. I didn't realize how sick I was. So I just want to put it out that if it comes across that it wasn't a hardship for me for the first 20 years of my life. It's because I didn't know anything different. Mm -hmm. It seems like the first 20 years of my life was um, training for the rest of my life because honestly, I feel like nobody is immune to challenges Mm -hmm. or growing pains in life. And I really feel like that the first 20 years of all my medical stuff help me prepare for life itself when I actually said enough is enough I'm going to live to live or live to die when I was 19 and a half and stopped all the medical stuff so to she's going to tell you about this well thank you because you fit everything we've been talking about beautifully thank you yeah yeah we've talked about this folks and here you go here here you're seeing someone who doesn't know what we've been talking about but you're going to hear it firsthand um what she's just describing And uh, I'm very pleased to hear it. Go ahead. Go for it. Thank you. Okay, so basically, um, I was born and raised in in a small town. And um, I was in a a bigger family, family of four, two parents. And um, I was considered back in the day um, just the sickly child. Everybody had a sickly child. So when I did get sick when I was younger... Um, we would go to the doctor and they would take care of the symptom, but they would never look underneath the symptom to try to find the cause um, of where the issue was coming from. So between um, birth and about 15, I would be ill all the time. I would have, you know, some reprieve during the summer times. I would have still have some like upper respiratory infections um, due to, you know, pollens and stuff like that. Now, again, we didn't know why. Um, I only know why now because I'm older. Um, but during that time, um, I would just continuously, continuously be sick. And when school started, it got even worse. Um, colds, flus, 103 fevers for no reason, mono, strep throat, continuously getting the same thing over and over. Um, so basically, when I was 15 and a half, my mom said, enough's enough, something's wrong, something doesn't feel right, we're going to change doctors. And a doctor from a big city, I think he came from Chicago, came into our small town, and we went to this doctor, and he took a whole bunch of tests and invited us back um, once he got the results back. And he said to my mother and I, you are dying. You have six months to live. I need to send you to a doctor that I know in San Francisco. So they transferred me over to San Francisco, and they ran a a whole bunch of tests, basically, um, rheumatology tests and, uh, you know, immune tests and um, scratch tests for allergies. Allergies, yes. um, Et cetera. Um, During those tests, uh, they 
they basically take a little razor blade on your back and they did 350 little scratches and then they also get uh, medication with in vials and needles and then they kind of put it all up your arms so I had shots all up my arms of everything you can imagine somebody would be allergic to and then with the scratches on my back they drop little vials of like oils like grass trees pollens anything you can think of um, and at that point uh, the doctor said, okay, we'll be right back in. And um, when we come back in, we'll show you how to measure and you'll go back to your house. And over the, a week span, you measure each day. Well, not even 20 minutes later, I basically had a severe reaction. They had to, anaphylactic shock. They had to come in and shoot me with what I'm assuming was adrenaline. And they also, at that point in time, found um, my heart conditions um, that I was later on diagnosed with as well. So we are we are just going to take a moment here, but we'll, we want to hear more what happens to Mimi. We'll be right back. Uh, you've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Just before our break, uh, Mimi was sharing with us uh, her story and had just heard the news that she had six months to live and in testing uh, to determine what her issues were contributing to her poor health, she had gone into shock and was being admitted to the hospital. Correct, correct. So I was in a San Francisco hospital, and the doctor called over. I, it w I was actually at the doctor's office, and then they called over to the hospital and transported me over there um, via an ambulance. And um, it, it admitted me into the hospital. And then a couple of doctors came in and started running tests on me. And uh, shortly thereafter, basically, the doctor and my mom, and I think it was my grandfather, but things are a little hazy um, because my grandfather was the one who took me with my mom to the hospital and the doctor that day. And um, the doctor came up to me and I was lying in the bed and he looked me dead in the eye and he said, and I was 15 and a half, he said, do you want to go home to die or do you want to stay in the hospital and die? And um, I looked at my mom and I looked at the doctor and I talked to my grandfather and I said, no, I want to go to, to my house. Um, but something inside of me, um, I don't, you know, I don't even know how to identify it, but something resonated within me saying that this was going to be hard, but there was no chance of me not surviving this. There was like a resonating um, higher spiritual essence or energy um, flowing through me that I have such passion for life that I wasn't in denial. Trust me, I knew I was sick. I was going through it. But there was still that flow of a higher, you know, energy that was keeping me going. You've said a couple of things, um, one of which was, at that time, what went through your mind was, this won't be my whole life. No. And yeah. also that you felt that something way greater than you would help you through. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. Well... 
that's that's something we've talked about when people go through a crisis and a traumatic crisis and that sure was to hear that there's a part of ourselves that automatically remove is removed it's just mm -hmm. part of our survival mechanisms and that's uh helps us get through it that's not abnormal mm -hmm. but the other part that you're talking about also happens and this isn't a religious thing there is a spiritual element i have never talked to anyone who's gone through trauma or crisis that didn't have some kind of spiritual awakening mm -hmm. where they go with it afterwards is you know very varies but you're talking about something we've talked about and there is when that kind of thing happens our controls out the window yes and there's something else going on that's we can't control the bad news is coming in really strong and powerfully so our our sense of security our sense of control is just about stripped away and that kind of that doctor definitely took it away pretty fast just in what he told you it, it could be looked at like that yeah. yes it, it, yeah I, it, it, but you had some i know that mm -hmm. but um but this other part sounds that that spiritual element there was a certain intuitive spiritual element to you correct. that was telling you there was something else correct and that you were going to make it through. Yes. Even prior to my diagnosis when I was really sick, because, I mean, I was literally always sick um, mm -hmm. when I was a child. And when I was even at my worst and running a 104 fever, there was always um, an essence of an energy running through me mm -hmm. that just was a zest of life that I couldn't and wouldn't want to encapsulize I was just grateful for it and being that I was ill I guess it, I, I see my journey up to the age of 20 as actually now that I'm older as a gift um, because there was so much time when I was um, alone that I had time to go within and be quiet and like just observe and really look at everything around me and quiet everything down and do a lot of self-reflection even at the youngest ages that I we talk about that too and that's really important that that time of reflection it doesn't mean you stay there and you didn't no. we go in and out of it but that is a time when we when we kind of are awakened to something a little deeper maybe a lot deeper mm -hmm. and that has to do with the purpose and meaning of what we're going through now when you're going through it and you're fighting for your life and survival we don't think that way mm -hmm. it's those times of reflection um that this kind of questioning and this kind of uh, mm -hmm. awareness begins to develop it happens to a lot of people not everybody does it as well with it like you do and like many people i know but you did and you were moving in the right direction although you had a, a, a awful big challenge in front of you it wasn't going to go away Correct, and it never will. And I still, to this day, continue to have all of my medical issues. Um, well, did they finally diagnose what was happening with you? They did. At first, like at 15 and a half, just because um, the medical industry and science was still unsure of a lot of things and everything evolves and they they've gotten to know a lot more now than they did back in the 80s um, at first they just basically said oh well you're kind of like the boy in the plastic bubble and you know you're allergic to your entire environment and not only is the environment there's no safe place for you in the world because it's attacking you everything including your hair the laundry detergent you're using but your body itself is attacking itself and destroying itself um, so that was basically 
um, how they explained it. Now, I don't know if they just explained it to me that way because I was 15 and a half or because they just didn't have um, a solid understanding of everything. But today, um, there is a more of an understanding about autoimmune disease and primary immune deficiencies. And I have a primary immune deficiency uh, where my IgA, and I'll explain this, but my IgA is in the negatives um, and my IgM is hyperactive. And also back then there was something going on with my T and B cells. Now what that is, is the immune system from what I understand. Now I'm not an MD, but I've kind of lived this. Um, you have IgA, IgM, IgE, and um, IgG. And those are kind of the building blocks. It's like a foundation to a house, but those are the building blocks to the human body that helps defend humans from infection, um, you know, colds, flus, viruses. And the IgA is the first line of defense. Um, and I don't have that. Well, it's, it's negative. Um, and the IgM is compensating. And that's why it's hyperactive. From my understanding, the IgM is what? Okay, okay. It's another piece to the immune system. Okay, but they serve different functions. I'm I'm pretty sure that they do. Like I said, I'm not an MD, so I don't know the exact components. Okay. Um, but I would say yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we would have to research it to be completely accurate. And I I remember from your from your story that that when you finally were able to take charge of your own. Um, treatment your own life when you became uh, you weren't a minor anymore mm -hmm. you wanted to go with uh, a multitude of approaches not just a strict uh, western medicine type approach correct and so you had a journey there to find out how to approach this immune deficiency that you had correct i'd like to know just before we get to that though because yeah mimi does know a lot about it and do a lot but i was interested what happened after 15 well, yeah, what did, what happened? Okay, so basically 15 and a half, um, they said, okay, they, they, they as in the doctors um, in San Francisco, said, uh, we're going to quarantine you to a wing in the hospital where nobody else is um, for six weeks until your family can authorize that they have changed everything they need to change in the house so we can release you because I wasn't allowed to be released back to um, the house until everything was changed like the rugs and and you know it was Mimi safe I had a Mimi safe room all the popcorn was off the ceiling you know stuff like that so my dad was a contractor so it, it wasn't that tall of an order but it was kind of a tall order since there was a lot to do um, and he basically got the house Mimi safe and the doctor released me back to the house and they gave me six months and I didn't succumb to the six months and I um, basically continued and then they said okay well we don't understand why you're doing well but let's start therapy with you let's start trying to see if what we would normally do will help you and basically everything that someone would do, a, a medical professional would do for a patient like I was, it should have helped, but it just continued to make me sicker. Like the um, immunoglobulin therapy, we did it three times. The second time, and we went into to do it the third time, I looked at my mom and I said, this is killing me. I swear this is killing me. I can feel it. 
it's killing me, Mom. This is the last time. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it through a fourth time. And um, my mom expressed that to the doctor for me. Mm. And the doctor said, no, 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 it just should be fine. You know, we're going to take her blood and see if the levels go higher. They should go higher. When he got the blood back, um, my levels were tanked out, basically. They were way lower than they, they ever were, and they stopped. So kind of... Everything that science and the medical professionals tried to do to help me, it, it just reacted. I'm an outlier. It reacted negatively. Um, I've always kind of been a medical outlier. Uh, and it's just By some, that, you mean that the way you respond is maybe even opposite to what's expected. Correct. And correct. I've, I've known other people in our work over the years that have had that with other things, too. Mm -hmm. The nervous systems, we've seen it with... Uh, reactions to certain things like you're talking about okay so all of those things weren't working for you they were failing mm -hmm. you were the girl in the bubble in many ways i mean you were cut off from the world well pretty much correct um prior to um from from i would say birth to about 15 and a half kind of had somewhat of a normal life you know just sick everywhere every time you know the family went camping i would last like four hours and i'd get deathly ill and stay in the trailer 15 and a half 16 to about 19 and a half. Um, it was pretty much, I mean, I didn't go to high school. I went, I think I went like maybe three weeks, maybe a month, the first part of high school and then didn't go. Um, I was basically either at a doctor's office at my parents' house or in a hospital room. Um, and the were, you, were you homeschooled? Correct. But honestly, if I'm really being honest with myself, um, I don't remember any of it. I really just don't remember any of it. Um, I was either getting sick. I was on so many medications. I was on so many shots um, that none of it, none of it really stuck, you know. Now, I just want to mention, um, you didn't mention it in your intro. You said you didn't, you couldn't go to high school. You had to mm -hmm. be homeschooled. You don't remember any of that because you were so sick and Correct. medicated. Now, I know you a long time, and you've gone for advanced degrees since, right? You wrote two books. Um, did you finish your Ph.D. in psych? Did you finish it? My PsyD? Yeah. Correct. So you did? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. This is another thing we talk about. Well, not really. Um uh, she's giving me. She doesn't like that. She's. She. She. What Mimi wants is to be seen as as just another human, human being. And I'm correct. Gonna, and, and she is. She has to trust. And me. she's still got this side to her. And she's got to trust me on this one yeah. because that's yeah. one of the themes of this program. I have a lot of degrees and a lot of things, and I don't want people. I don't look at people clinically. I look at them as human beings. Correct. And what I'm trying to, and the reason is because I have a past too. But for a long time, I was caught up without realizing it and looking at the world clinically. I don't do that anymore. You don't do that. But uh, there's another point to all this because with all the detriments that you're working against, your mm -hmm. education, your sicknesses, whatever, it's what you've done later in your life with them. Mm -hmm. That really matters. Not that you you never told me you're going to go be a psychologist. You never said any of that. But you've never quit. And what you didn't do when you were younger... You've made up for so much. You're a very determined woman. Well, thank you. And uh, I know you are. I, I, you are in so many ways. But this is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Because you said, well, I'm going to write books. I'm going to uh, get my degree. And you used to talk to me because you know I was a psychologist. And I'm not anymore. Nope. Okay. Um, but what's really interesting is when Mimi says she's going to do something, 
her determination is for real and she makes it happen and that's with all of the negatives and detriments that she had working against her she didn't sit around feeling sorry for herself she didn't give up and quit and let that affect her entire mindset to life it's the opposite so she's re, you know she readjusted herself through all of this and she's got a certain determination now that is so strong and if you saw the size of her right now if everybody's she's a, a, a really pretty little woman but you'd never get how strong guess how strong she is thank you and this is the kind of person Mimi is it's come from having to overcome so many impossible challenges in her life that most people don't face. She faced, lived, in, lived through them. She's going to tell us more of the story. But she hasn't stopped. No. She has gone on and She's on. She's not going to either. No. She has a, a, Thank you. a, a passion for life and, edu and learning and mm -hmm. growing that it's nonstop like we have. Mm -hmm. That's why she's here. Yes. Thank you. So don't worry about it. I know you're, you don't like, so she has advanced degrees. Don't look at her like that. She likes to be called Mimi too, so don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. Tell us, tell us more. This is interesting stuff. Before we do that, right. uh, I, I'm just going to say that uh, you've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We will be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Uh, today with us, we have Mimi Amaral. And uh, just before our break, uh, we were talking about uh, moving through the journey of her um, immune deficiency mm -hmm. life Correct. and uh, the things that she has accomplished since and the sense that that gives us of the strong, determined vital person that she is the real issue is where did that come from where did that and come i'm not from? talking spiritual right now no she had to overcome such impossible odds um here's all the medical profession they didn't know what they're doing they're coming they're they're, they're they had all the control it's what she did with it it's what she overcame and the strength to cope through so much struggle that's made her so strong this the whole topic is resilience and strength through suffering, struggle, and, and difficulty, here you go. Mm -hmm. We're sitting with someone who knows it firsthand. So don't let me stop you. I want to hear more of this. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Earlier you were saying, um, you know, I think actually Jenny was saying it, that we don't look at ourselves as victims. We look at ourselves as survivors. Um, honestly, I just, going through this in the beginning, I didn't know anything different, so I just powered through. Mm -hmm. Um, cross each bridge as it came and having the uh, the gift of being able to go within and then just observe kind of helped me gather some tools that I needed to mm -hmm. get through 15 and a half through I, I, I rounded to 20 but it was really like 19 and a half um, so basically um, I think there's a spectrum to everything and with the resilience, I, I see resilience as definitely being a variable in the recipe. But I think there's also other things, as you were mentioning, um, having to face um, the situation and not be in denial and walk through it. Um, that's, that's a huge one. Okay. Thank you. 
that just that's another thing that we talk about is we've talked about so much and we started this program with the basic premise that it's so important to embrace life and difficulties not run away and bury your head in the sand. Yeah, you talked about being active engagement. Active engagement. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, maybe didn't know what we were talking about. Here it is. She's telling you. Active. This is a woman who faced her challenges. She didn't run away. She didn't bury her head in the sand. She didn't blame others and pretend that it didn't exist. She didn't catastrophize any of those things. She didn't do any of that. She went for it. She took it on. And that's the basic premise to this whole program. Well, thank you. So so tell me, we want to hear more. Uh, Oh, okay. Um, Basically, um, from that point on, after, you know, um, going over the six months, they gave, they, as in the medical professional, um, gave me uh, another prognosis that, okay, well, you made it this far, you're probably never going to live into your 20s. So nobody ever really gave me an expectation of having life or or a life. This was my life. So I made the best of it. Um, literally, when I was in Novato Hospital, I had a room of my own. I mean, they just called and said, you know, Mimi's coming. So they'd be, okay. And I would just go on my own. And, and being from a bigger family and my parents needing to take care of everything, I was in a hospital room on and off by myself most of the time Um, or, you know, in a room at the house that was a little bit more isolated so I wouldn't get everybody else sick. So I just learned to be self-contained and really just ponder and wonder in a um, wondrous, I guess, at first way about life. Like, I remember, I'll just tell a really quick story, but I was, um, it was late at night at the Navarro Hospital, and the nurses, like (laughs) Nurse Nancy and and, uh, Frankie, they were like ants to me. They would always come in and say goodbye. Or, or um, Dick, which his name's Richard, he's the handyman. He'd come hold my hand if nobody was there, so they could start an IV or take blood. So it was like a home away from home. Extended family. Extended family. It was just support. normal. It was support. Yeah, it was just normal. I didn't know anything else, so I just, and I've I've always had such a, and it's not just positivity. It's um, more like a. Um, a flow of empowering energy flowing through me that helped me stay joyful, I guess you would say, through these experiences. And one night I took my IV stand and I walked out to the um, the patio because I used to wander to the hospital all the time. I was 16. I was bored. Um, so I'd wander out to the patio underneath the stars and I would just ponder everything. Gosh, what is life like? I can't wait to get out there. I never thought I was going to stay where I was at there was no way I had way too much that I wanted to experience and that essence of passion for life wherever it came from source higher power God whatever but anybody wants to name it or call it again I'm not religious I'm very spiritual um, that helped having that as an ingredient as well so um, basically I would go in and out of hospitals um, doing whatever therapy I agreed with my parents that, okay, you can have me and this, and I will walk this journey until I'm about 19 and a half. And then at a certain time, I, I'm going to be done with this. And my mom agreed. We pinky swore. I was 16. Um, so when 19 and a half came and, um, 
I was still alive, despite what everybody else said. Wow, it's a victory right yeah. there. Yeah, I was grateful. Yeah. Um, I basically took all the medications, and there was I took eight different medications in the morning and eight different medications at night, and I basically and I know this now was not appropriate, but I didn't know it back then. I dumped everything down the toilet looked at it and flushed it okay now i better since we're on radio disclaimer yes disclaimer disclaimer. don't do that do not do that it's illegal we're not endorsing that it means not endorsing i am not this is her own choice her own individual choice correct so don't all of a sudden go out and dump all your medications okay do not but this is a very special lady who is willing to live or die by her own yes on her own and she chose life and if it meant if it meant not being dependent on all these medications anymore and, and clearing her head and f- embracing what life she had, that was her personal choice. Correct. Yes. Everybody Correct. has to make that choice. So she did it. She's a great um, example of the courage and to be victorious because she could have died. Mm-hmm. She basically went against everything the medical doctor said and took life and took the whole thing in her own hands and said, Everybody else has had the control of my life, and I'm going to, if this means the end of my life, okay, but I want it back, and I want control over my own life, whatever I have, and she took it. Well, she's sitting here. She's a little older than 20 right now. Only a little. No, I know you're you're what, 49? I'm 50. She's 50. She looks like she's a lot younger, but everybody in this room looks younger than they are. Well, she's making up for time. She is, and you know what's funny? I watch her sometimes. She didn't have a normal. She didn't have childhood. No. So if you watch Mimi a lot of times, you'd think she's 18 or 19. Yeah, yeah. She's got permission to do this now. I do. See, I figure since 20 years of my life was like kind of just taken away. I'm approximately 30 so you know i'm okay with it <laughs> yeah yeah she's, so, she really enjoys life let yeah. me tell you this is not yeah she's not just talk this lady embraces life she also has an empathy and a compassion for her fellow man that we've talked about comes Thank from you. these kind of struggles she has it you mentioned Thank that you. you met her at the gym and that your conversations with her when you were struggling with something is that she knew right where you were. Well, you mean currently? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I need a respite, too, from Lynn's illness, my wife's illness, and and I know it gets to me. I love my wife, and to watch her failing mm-hmm. breaks my heart. But at the same time, I need to stay, keep going and embrace life and do the best I can with it. Yeah. So, But Mimi will pick up on my bad days. Mimi, amongst many people in Petaluma who love Lynn, mm-hmm say you don't look so good today Peter looks like you're hurting well they're right there's a lot of people that care Mimi's one of the more empathetic yeah. people thank yeah. you yeah sometimes I wish you weren't I just want to get a workout in and get away she right doesn't, she I doesn't know. give me the chance to do that <laughs> but that's that's Mimi and you know what this is a lovely caring woman and we've talked about some of the things that come out of people who go through these difficulties not just yours mm-hmm. and one Correct. of the things is it breaks down the barriers of pride it breaks down um, separateness. Mm-hmm. And it, and, and uh, we wrote this paper in 2009 that we were talking about. That was the height of the uh, Great Recession. I hate calling it great. But we saw so many people start caring for each other that hadn't for a long time while they're all losing their homes, their jobs, their pension plans. Yeah. They were terrified. 
But there's one thing that began to show itself, a lot of community support and caring for each other. Well, what you're hearing is Mimi has that. Yes. And it's through what she's been through that gives her, gives her that compassion and empathy. The beauty of doing this show is, oh, I could sit here clinically and objectively for a long time, but I'm not. I listen to the show just like I'm talking, and it serves me as well. And I think listening to Mimi, you can hear. That's what comes out of it. She'll never be the same again. She'll be better, and she is better. But she has that connection with her fellow man. She did go for an advanced degree in psychology, and I shouldn't like to talk about that. But uh, okay, but but, the, but I'm sorry, but you, one of your points is she is not going for pride. Nope. She's going for I bet. How do I help other people? That's what she is. How do I reach out? How does she touch people with her life, her story, her efforts? That's what matters, and mm -hmm. she does, whether she tells people or not. She is very engaging and relational, I'll say that. <laughs> and I introduced her even to Big Steve, and they related just fine. It, I talked about Big We've Steve We've talked before. about Big yeah. Steve before, yes. But anyway, the, the truth is she is like that. But the empathy came only and can only come that way because you've been there yourself and you've been through it. And, and Mimi just exemplifies that Thank you. in her daily walk of life. Thank you. Well, I appreciate both uh -oh. of you. Okay, our technician's going to say that Jenny did something wrong. I hit the spring. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. I'm here today with Peter Bernstein, as usual, and Mimi Amaral. Uh, before our break, uh, we were uh, Mimi had kind of gotten to the point in her journey when she uh, was a young adult and taking a little more control of her life and her treatment. We were uh, Peter was pointing out uh, the empathy that Mimi Thank has you. and developed through her journey. I want to add, throw in one more thing before we continue, and that was a quote from Mimi when we talked with her earlier, uh, that the challenge for her uh, was to harmonize her zest for life with the limitations of her body. What's that mean? What's that mean? <laughs> okay, um, this is Peter Bernstein saying, come on, Mimi, bring this down to earth so I can understand it. Okay, I won't be too woo-woo. How's okay, that sound? That's good. <laughs> Um, basically, uh, we, we just spoke about it. Um, the uh, energy that flows through me, I guess you would say, that un unidentifiable extra push that you get from within um, and the passion that I have to experience life. I just, it's like having a love affair with life, yet I have to learn to harmonize that with the vessel or body that I have been given. So it's, it's kind of like the spirit wants to go and can do anything and everything's possible and, and, you know, Everything can be changed as long as it has to do with specifically your choice. You can't change another human being, obviously. You have to allow someone to grow and, and expand in their own way. But for your own journey and your own self and your own expansion, I believe anything can be changed. 
however, you have to also take those steps. You have to, you know, have the uh, variables or all the, the ingredients to the recipe. And it, and for me, just for me, I can't speak for everybody else, along my journey um, for the first 20 years, some of those ingredients were um, basically a healthy empowerment and a healthy attitude, not positive, um, because there is a lot of stuff swarming around that word positive right now. So I kind of like empowerment more than mm -hmm. positive because mm -hmm. some people will say, well, I had a hard day and I'm being negative. Well, negative or positive is is being, they're, they're hot words right now. So that's why I've I've changed it to empowerment. Everybody can empower themselves to exhale and say tomorrow will be better. And yet I think I think what really brings us down to real stuff is that you add uh within the limitations of your body. Correct. And that's what adds the 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 to me that adds is what adds the uh, the cherishing of life. Thank you. And the um, the reality, the humanity, the struggle, and that helps you with helps fuel the empathy. And, Thank you. And the things that you're doing, that that I mean, we could like you say, it's not positivity. It is this uh, knowing where you've been, where you are now, where you always will be in your life. The challenges that will always be there, and yet you have the zest for life the energy, the passion to keep going forward. Yes. And that is what I think people listening to our broadcast would love to have in their life. Yeah. I think everyone wants to be able to keep moving forward, to have passion in their life. Everyone's got limitations. Everyone. Correct. Nobody's immune. Okay, a couple of, the couple of things that come to mind, and she's here to go again, talking about things that we really emphasize. She has a gratitude and an appreciation for life, the little things, the special things. Now, I can only talk about myself in maybe not such glorious terms. I can now, but um, where it used to take a, a Hawaiian vacation to feel better, if I can just go 10 minutes away mini for vacations. an hour, yes. mini vacations and take a respite, I'm as grateful for that as what I used to be to have to go to Ho when I went to Hawaii or Tahiti. There is a certain, when you go through suffering and struggle and you overcome and you have been stripped and you come back, one of the things that you, a couple of things that you let, you sh and she has it, and we know about that, is the empathy. We've talked about that and the caring for your fellow man. The other is the gratitude for the little things in life, how important they become and how they become fulfilling into themselves. Correct. That's another quality that comes out of doing this. For me, that's a gift. It that is. is a gift. Yes. And I can attest to the littlest things sometimes can mean so much to me. Your husband fixed the door in our office. It doesn't so jam thrilled. anymore. It's a wonderful now, thing. I can't tell you how good that made me feel. I'm so Absolutely. grateful. Yes. But the little things, and I'm joking, but he, yeah. Dwight did a good job. Yeah. Anyway. But, and, another, but Another thing, and I, I don't want to go jump, ahead, go but ahead. another thing that we have been talking about recently besides gratitude is acceptance. Mm-hmm. And the challenge of acceptance and adjustment to where we are and what is happening. Okay. That must have been huge for you. The thing is, is again, I didn't know anything different. So the yeah, I was born this way. It's like being born blind. You just you live. You you don't know anything else. It's not until later on in life when I got out of the hospitals and started to um, start 
different types of wellness treatments, such as working out at the gym, um, meditations, you know, not doing Western medicine unless it was absolutely necessary, eating super, super healthy, cutting out foods that would exacerbate or worsen um, some of my medical stuff, um, drinking water. I don't, I don't drink alcohol. I don't do drugs. I don't do, I don't smoke. I don't do anything that's going to toxify my body. Um, and I drink water like it's the only thing on earth. Um, so just doing, you know, a, a really clean, healthy way of living has really contributed hugely to my wellness. Um, and I advocate for all humans to please, you know, advocate for yourself, learn your own body, listen to your own body. And that means not just physically and, and uh, medically, but uh, emotionally, mentally, uh, spiritually, you know, in every way that you can learn yourself and ask yourself, who am I and what do I want? Um, you know, ask yourself those questions. Go in and really, really um, learn who you are and find yourself. Okay, let me let me check things, something out just that went through, that's gone through my mind. I'm actually mm -hmm. looking at some notes I used to write, that I've written. That you took some steps that you couldn't have been positive that if when you stopped those drugs and you flushed them and you did all of those things that you had a certainty that everything was going to work out. You took some steps and moved ahead. There had to be some feelings of uncertainty about what the outcome would be. You know, honestly, like you know, reflecting back on that, I had no second thought about that. I didn't ponder that question even one time because I was to the point where I was just confident somehow within myself that I was done. I was not going to continue this journey this way mm -hmm. and that I respect and care about the people who care for me. However, um, it's time for me to walk my own journey. I don't believe in control. I don't think it exists. I don't think there's control over anything. Um, I honestly felt at that point that it was just my turn to decide um, and not release or relinquish um, decisions to other humans, whether it be my parents or the medical field or whomever, that from this point on, good, bad, or ugly, the choices were going to be mine. And if the choices turned out to be not working, because I don't believe in right or wrong either, if it just turns out that this step isn't working, then I'm going to choose to cross another bridge in a different direction to where it will hopefully work and eventually it hopefully gets narrowed to I'm glad you mentioned hopefully because that's what I hear in that you did step out mm -hmm. and you absolutely took some risks but you inside knew that you had a confidence about it I had a had a unknown confidence about exactly. I was just done okay you had the unknown and you but you stepped out and you stepped out to grow. Absolutely. To embrace life. Okay. Then what I'm hearing is you had hope. It may not have been clear yet what to be hopeful for or what it was going to look like. But it sounds to me like deep within yourself, you were there was also an element of hope going with you the whole time. And I'm not talking religiously. Again, I'm talking about an element that we all need. And what I'm hearing is you didn't exactly know what you were going to do or what all the outcome was going to be. But there was something positive in moving you toward the unknown that was encouraging. Correct. And impassioning and empowering. Empowering, absolutely, yes. Um, that's, that's em empowering, 
I, you know, it, it's kind of there. Like I was, I was saying, there's everything's on the spectrum, and I think there's an ingredients for me, and I can only speak for me. But the things that, I, or the tools that I picked up while walking in through those those times of the shadow or darkness, um, while I was ill. I kind of, as a kid, looked at it like a treasure hunt in the dark, you know. Um, okay, I'm sick again here. We're having a flare-up. I'm going to, you know, have a really bad week or I'm going to have a really bad three days. Let's go into the dark and feel our way around and see what tools I can get this time. As a kid, I would visualize that. That's a that's a child's way of looking Absolutely. at it. Absolutely. Okay. When I was young. Right. And you, you had that. There's one thing I want to bring up before we, we, we end today, and we're going to come, we're moving toward the end, and that is we're speaking to people that may not be where Mimi is. This yeah. is a strong woman. We're seeing, we're hearing a history, a passion for life. She overcame incredible obstacles. She had an inner, in, in, uh, a hope that went beyond what she could actually know was going to happen, but she stepped out anyway. Um, she took chances because she wanted to own her life, whatever life she had. There's a lot of people we're talking to today that aren't in that place. Correct. And um, there's a lot of people that the emotion is still running very high. And Correct. It's the, I can attest to it. Uh, yesterday I had a rough day, and um, someone I know who's in a wheelchair who listened to our broadcasts said, "Have you? do you remember what you, you spoke about on whatever episode it was? I said, why? What do you mean? And I said, he said, I know you're having a hard day. You're hurting seeing your wife and such. I said, I am. And he said, you have a strength. And you, a lot of people look to you, I'm not just saying, but your strength is in, is deep within you. And you got to embrace that. Mm-hmm. And he said, right now, I know you're feeling pretty emotional and you're grieving about Lynn. Mm-hmm. And he knew it. And he's sitting in a wheelchair as a paraplegic. Mm-hmm. He's, he's empathetic, A too. very empathetic fellow now. Mm-hmm. And, but... But there is a, tr- I gotta say, when I'm in the midst of it and the emotion is running high, mm-hmm. this is sometimes hard to grasp. Yes. But it's also important to hear it from somebody. You might need some help from someone else. Yes. That's right. But you need to, somebody who's got some sensitivity who's been there, not somebody who's gonna lay it on you and you should feel this and you yeah, shouldn't no. feel that. And, well, and then it makes you feel worse. The people I know have complete empathy. They're there, they've been mm-hmm. there, and they know. And they're encouraging. We need that. And here I was, listening. he's listening to our broadcast, telling me what we spoke about. And I was in one of those emotional difficulties. I was grieving, mm-hmm. seeing my wife get moving along in her illness. And I couldn't help that. It was a rough day. That happens too. I'm not one of those people that's, that's negative, that gives up, that um, walks in a dark way in life. I don't. But we all have our moments when we're going through these things that the emotion is running high. What I've discovered is we need to get that out. We need to clear it. We need to move through it. Mm-hmm. But not to let it take us over completely all Correct. the time. Correct. And we need to come back to ourselves and get our strength back. And know, okay, this is our emotions. We're human. Uh, we're going through some hard times. Our loved ones are going through hard times. Of course we feel that way. Mm-hmm. But you can't stay there. You have to have that other thing you talked about, about, and we've talked about it a lot lately, and that is when you begin to accept mm-hmm. and then adjust, those are very important things. That doesn't mean you harden and you don't feel. Right. Correct. You do feel. Correct. But you got to know that you come back to solid ground. You've got to have solid ground mm-hmm. under you. Emotions, when they're running too high, 
you're not having any, when you're in them, you, it's very hard to have solid ground under you because they're running the show. We many times talked about the feeling state and emotionalism. They are different. And Absolutely. feeling state is what Mimi's talking about today, her intuitive abilities. We all are born with them, some stronger than others. Emotions, we go, well, we got to get rid of them. We're human, but we got to make sure they don't run the show and take over. We have to rein them in and th- come back to a stronger, more solid place. Yeah, I think they need to be acknowledged, too, and not just get rid of, you know, we have to walk through them, we have to feel them, and we have to get to the That's other right. side. You know, it just... Um, for myself, I can only speak for myself, but definitely acknowledging, never push anything under the carpet and walk through it. I mean, you're going to have to go through the shadow to get to the light. You have to go through the dark. You have to go through the hard times and not go around them. Just walk straight through it and pick up those tools as you go. And as you get through and pick up the tools, they will help you expand on the other side. I well, hope it's helped. I, I was going to ask Mimi what, what she might say parting, and that was yeah. exactly what people need to hear. Thank you yeah. so much for being here. For if I may say one more thing, very nobody is immune to yeah. challenges. And just please, just don't give up. Tomorrow is better. Girl. Thank That's you, Mimi. Right and we would, we would love to have you come back. We hope that that happens. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson. If you'd like to know more about our show or about Dr. Bernstein, Peter, please visit our website at thesurvivorsguidetolife.com, or you can like us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and please join us again next time.